Whitefish, Montana is a uh, small town near Glacier National Park, 60 miles from the Canadian border. It is a paradise of clean air, big skies, majestic peaks, cold blue lakes, and bountiful rivers teeming with life. Whitefish is the place where you go to escape the noise and chaos, grime, and competition of the cities. You're free. If it is your preference, no one will bother you or even find you. It is the place of rugged American individualism, democracy, self-reliance, and opportunity. I'm told that they have not yet mastered whitefish salad in whitefish. <laughs> but who needs all those Zabar's extras when you can pluck the real thing from the pristine rivers? The spirit of the American West lives in whitefish. Wide open spaces, lakes that never dry up, boundless lands stretching to the farthest horizons, snow-covered ski runs in winter, endless summer nights, friendly neighbors, each helping out and looking for the other. There is little crime in Whitefish. The locals don't even bother to lock their doors. As the mayor writes on the official website, the door is always open. We are a small mountain town with a big heart, showcasing incredible scenery, offering relaxing hospitality. We welcome people from around the world and hope you enjoy exploring our beautiful backyard and meeting friendly people. Whitefish is the kind of place that prompted John Steinbeck to write, I am in love with Montana. For other states, I have admiration, respect, recognition, even some affection. But with Montana, it is love. Alas, hatred has erupted in this place of love. There are 10 to 12 Jewish families in Whitefish within a population of some 6,000. Their rabbi is our friend and colleague, Francine Green Rostin, who left New Jersey with her family to find God in the great American West. I have spoken with her twice this week. She described the venomous hate messages and trolling attacks that the Jews in Whitefish have endured lately, the kind of naked anti-Semitism, fear, and intimidation portrayed in the worst chapters of the annals of Jewish history. Richard Spencer lives part-time in Whitefish. He is the white nationalist who advocates a homeland for what he considers the dispossessed white race. 
He supports ethnic cleansing, albeit peaceful, he says, to halt the deconstruction of European culture. You might remember that it was Richard Spencer who led the alt-right rally in Washington after the elections where some of his supporters gave the Nazi salute in response to his cry of hail Trump, hail our people, hail victory. Richard Spencer's parents also live in Whitefish. In classic anti-Semitic tropes, Spencer and his followers concocted the libel that the Jews in Whitefish are threatening the business of Spencer's mother, harassing and extorting her, and trying to run the Spencers out of town. Egged on by the neo-Nazi rag, the Daily Stormer, trolls have been calling Jewish businesses and individuals with the most vile and threatening messages you can imagine straight out of darker times in darker places. The Jews are a vicious, evil race of hate-filled psychopaths. So let's hit them up. The ovens are waiting. Too bad they only killed six million were some of the comments online. The home and business addresses of Jewish residents have been published. The names and photos of their children strewn across the internet. This Monday, on Martin Luther King Day, an armed march was planned ostensibly to defend Richard Spencer's parents. Nationalist groups from the United Kingdom, Sweden, France, and Greece were supposed to attend. A representative of Hamas would speak about the international threat of the Jews. Yesterday, local papers reported that the march was postponed due to the improper filing of paperwork although authorities clarified that if the papers are properly submitted, there would be no way to prevent the vile gathering. What a sick inversion of values. On the very day America stops to honor Martin Luther King, a day devoted to love, Tolerance, equality, dignity, and harmony. Spencer supporters planned an armed march that they described as the James Earl Ray extravaganza, referring to King's assassin. A hate-filled armed rally in the town of Whitefish targeting some 12 Jewish families 
Does that remind you of anything? Does that awaken in you any deep-seated Jewish emotions, perhaps long forgotten or suppressed? I want to share with you my feelings from the heart more than the head. The idea that Jews anywhere, let alone in the United States, cower in fear, their lives and livelihoods threatened by hate mongers, is so deeply unsettling and unnerving. I can't stop thinking of that mental image of a handful of Jews huddled in the cold, isolated, vulnerable, and afraid in the midst of a hate storm of Nazi ideology and intimidation. We vowed never again. It was a solemn oath. Never again would Jews hide, fretful and anxious, isolated and exposed to the mad passions of the mob. All Jews are responsible one for the other. So teach our sages. When one Jew feels pain, all feel pain. When one Jew suffers, all suffer. There has been an eruption of anti-Semitism across the country. This week alone, at least 16 Jewish institutions were threatened. A swastika defaced our own reform rabbinical seminary in Cincinnati. Even here in New York, anti-Semitic graffiti is popping up around town. We are much too complacent. Jews are so secure in this country that many of us, particularly the younger generation, do not consider ourselves a minority at all. America has largely kept its promise to the Jews. At the very founding of our country, George Washington articulated this assurance to Jewish leaders. The government of the United States gives to bigotry no sanction, to persecution no assistance, requires only that they who live under its protection should demean themselves as good citizens. Everyone shall sit in safety under his own vine and fig tree, and there shall be none to make him afraid. That promise has been mostly honored. So it is easy for American Jews to forget the sickness of anti-Semitism and to remember that it is a chronic disease that cannot be eradicated. 
It can only be managed, and it often erupts into fatal malignancy. Anti-Semitism is a depraved, racist, and ultimately genocidal mindset. It asserts that a group, the Jews, is innately depraved, a depravity born simply by being part of this group. Elimination, extermination, extinction, genocide is the logical outcome of this deviant mindset. If the Jews are innately depraved, if the Jews are demonic and destructive, they must be wiped off the face of the earth for the good of the earth. We have set up a fund in our synagogue to support the Jews of Whitefish under the leadership of Rabbi Rostin. As we have urged you in the past to contribute after natural disasters and humanitarian crises here and around the world, so we are asking you to consider reaching out in this way to fellow Jews who now must lock their doors and engage in the kind of security measures that we in New York are sadly familiar with. Any amount is fine. Send a check to the synagogue or contribute through your credit card earmarked for the Jewish community of Whitefish. We will make sure to send every penny Nothing will be kept behind for the safety and security of the Whitefish Jewish community. And if there are funds left over, we will give our blessing to Rabbi Rostin to use these funds to further coalitions and alliances promoting love, tolerance, dignity, respect, and coexistence. Because it is not only about Jews. Jews are only the canary in the mine. We are often the first to suffer, but never the last. When the canary dies, it reveals a toxic and lethal atmosphere that no living being can endure. And therefore, these anti-Semitic hate mongers and Nazi sympathizers represent no less than a plot against America itself. Something has changed in this country. It's not as if racism, anti-Semitism, intolerance, and hatred are new. They have all been part of the American landscape. But the campaign and the aftermath seem to have legitimized and strengthened hate groups. They feel more empowered. They are less inhibited in the streets and online.
stand up and be counted. Do something. Take the threat seriously. Be vigilant. And we must be proactive. The only way to defeat hate is to confront it. This is one of the key lessons of Jewish history. Powerlessness encourages attacks. Fear encourages terrorists. Bullies must be confronted by good people wherever they may be. It's what Martin Luther King preached. All that is required for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing, he said. We will have to repent, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. And in this regard, how moving it is to witness the love and embrace of the good people of Whitefish. They have turned out in their hundreds to support the Jewish community. They have rallied in near zero temperatures to reject the hateful messages of Richard Spencer and the hundreds who threatened to march in their town. The Whitefish police chief said, if they're going to protest in our city, I want them to understand that they are going to do it our way or we're going to kick their ass. Montana's elected representatives condemned the hatred and officials in neighboring Great Falls issued the following declaration. We join all citizens in denouncing hate, bigotry, and intolerance which today masquerade under euphemisms as white nationalism and alt-right. And we express our solidarity with our brothers and sisters in the ongoing struggle to free this world of ideas and conduct that serve to undermine a free and virtuous society. And the Declaration concludes with these remarkable words. To those who would promote these false ideas, long since rejected by civilized peoples, we say, Le'olam lo, never again. Fear heightens feelings of vulnerability and isolation. When we are afraid, we feel alone. It clouds our minds and weighs heavy on our being. A small gesture, let alone a collective embrace of neighbors, is a soothing balm, a relief from the burning rage of the haters. To the good people of Montana from a rabbi in New York City, we live far away, but we are close in spirit. On behalf of the Jewish community and Americans of goodwill, 
thank you. Thank you for standing up for what is right. Thank you for defending American values. Thank you for your courage and your humanitarian spirit. In honor and in memory of Martin Luther King, I conclude with his words. I've seen too much hate to want to hate. Every time I see it, I say to myself, hate is too great a burden to bear. Somehow we must be able to stand up before our most bitter opponents and say, we shall match your capacity to inflict suffering by our capacity to endure suffering. We will meet your physical force with soul force. We must all learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools.